0: Swimcast is recorded live in front of a feline audience.
1: And I'm Andrew.
2: And this is Swimcast, the podcast where I, Jessica, make Andrew, Andrew, watch beloved teen movies from my youth in the 90s. And occasionally, that window stretches a little bit anywhere from the 80s to the late 2010s. Yes. (laughs) Depending on our mood and what's available.
1: I just want to put out a disclaimer here. Disclaimer, this podcast lacks facts Accuracy and truth, whatever that is. It's merely the random opinions of two random people. If you want facts and truthiness, look elsewhere.
2: <laughs> you're, you're implying that not everything I say is true? How dare you, that's gaslighting. <laughs> 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 and also, like today, we squeeze in what we've called the Sodes, the, where we watch a much shorter program and uh talk about that and so we've been our series so far has been a uh, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy the 1981 bbc series
1: indeed it has been this is a beloved series to both jessica and myself and for sure at least one listener so um
2: <laughs> hi susan <laughs> <laughs>
1: So uh, we're going to wrap it up. Even though there's two episodes, we're going to combine them because it's killing us not to get through this series because there are big gaps sometimes between when we record and we're also slotting in a movie in between some of these. So we both want to get through this series and there's two episodes. So we're doing a combo five and six and finishing up the series today.
2: Yeah, you mentioned the gaps in the record, which we often have no matter what, but recently it's been because of not to some behind the pod of the date of the record, unbearably hot. (laughs) And so the idea of Sealing all doors and windows, putting blankets around me to muffle sound is just not, not okay (laughs) when I'm otherwise sitting in an ice bath, trying not to overheat as the uh, temperature indicator in my apartment says 35, 36 degrees Celsius. For for international listeners, that's 96 degrees Fahrenheit. So
1: (laughs) yeah, not exactly. uh, Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I also didn't even have my TV on because it was it was gonna overheat. <laughs> Actually I, I had a friend say that their TV overheated during that weekend. So <laughs> Oh, I was
1: very concerned about my computer, which was running ridiculously hot with absolutely no CPU load on it. So exactly. Yeah. And I just wanna stress we are not a weather podcast. <laughs> We mean it. Oh, we can
2: be we can be a natural disaster podcast, though, so <laughs> yes, and I think that qualified. Yeah, we won't was... we won't talk about the the wake of the destruction because it's a bummer. But
1: right, but yes, we we had like a solid four days of ridiculously hot for not only for Vancouver but just in general. We had the hottest temperatures in not in Vancouver but in BC. In the town of Lytton had the highest temperatures of all North America, and it broke records, and it was crazy. Yeah, the
2: the former town of Lytton. Because
1: yes, it because it burst the into next flame. Day. Uh, that's right, completely burnt down. Not just a little bit. Fucking gone. <laughs> yeah. You know, they. It's that intense. If I'm swearing about it, it it's yeah. mind-blowingly horrible. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it was crazy. Uh, as Jessica was mentioning there, everything was hot. Everything in our place was hot. The floor was hot. The counter, if you brushed into the counter, the counter was hot. The walls were yeah. hot. The carpet was hot. And our poor yeah. cats were just like stretched out on their sides, panting, unable to oh, do yeah, anything. Your poor yeah.
2: Were you like misting them down? <laughs>
1: It, that doesn't work on a cat because they don't sweat. So we, right. we tried to do things like put ice packs next to them, but they are like, ew, that's weird. And we yeah. re- re- refused in cat logic to uh, allow an ice pack to be next to them. Although I think Caroline Jeez, did Lily. manage to sneak some ice packs under a towel. They're fine. They, they survived it, but uh, it was... Yeah, a horrible time for pets as well. But they're 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 fine. They're they're troopers. They're young and they, oh, okay. they could handle it. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, and you were you were around to make sure that they were watered and shit. Oh,
1: exactly, cuz it's not like yeah. we could do anything either. It was too hot to go outside. It was too hot to move. All you could do was sweat.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I have I still have and I'll probably just leave for the summer. I had to tinfoil my windows. <laughs> <laughs> So like I just fully live in a grow
1: up now. So the only upside was that after those four days, now the temperature still has been kinda into the upper twenties and it's like nothing. It's (laughs) we've been we've been blasted. Yeah, we can deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Sleeping. I can sleep like with a sheet on, instead of, like, this is to overshare, but instead of completely naked with my feet up on the windowsill, <laughs> which had to happen, while I sprayed myself with, like, a water bottle.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh I, my uh, god, it, was, it just, was
2: I've never experienced it.
1: Yeah, it was horrible for sleep. Yeah, one day I was dragging myself through work, and...
2: Oh, blessed almost, work with the central air, though. Oh. Yeah,
1: but I was so so <laughs> devastated that, like, uh, I I almost had a meltdown. <laughs> I was, like, yeah. really not coping with that day. And, uh, yeah, no sleep. But, yeah, <laughs> took some deep breaths, got it back together, and uh, yeah. got some sleep yeah. that night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We've got no track. What do we do? We've got no track. Oh no, we've gotten off track, let's reel it in, gotta get back on track, to sweet. Let's get right back to the show.
2: Yeah, so another reason we're combining the last two episodes is because as we were chatting before, I think we've ran out of our, our Douglas Adams anecdotes. as much as we we love Douglas Adams, like his his contribution to, you know, literature because he, you know, his life was tragically too short was really just two book series and we've interrogated them quite a bit. (laughs) So, uh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Although I am still considering that we may cover Dirk Gently because there are two forms of Dirk Gently. There is a British version, and there is the American version. Wildly different, and both interesting in their own way.
2: Yeah, I'd be up for the British version because I like the how British series are nice and concise. I yes. gave the Netflix one <laughs> a go, the American one, and just, mm, I just couldn't. Because <laughs> it's weird to like, have Douglas Adams stories told without British accents like British accents are part of it
1: and by a hobbit (laughs) too
2: yeah (laughs) yeah Elijah (laughs) would have I have I noted this on the podcast before at my brother's wedding last summer his wife is a big Lord of the Rings fan so one of their friends as a wedding gift bought them a cameo of Elijah oh, Wood oh, <laughs> sending oh, them a the congratulatory I, message.
1: <laughs> I think you might've mentioned that, but but re- recap, recap. Yeah, well, like, I
2: showed you, I know I showed you. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole story.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs>
2: basically. But it was, yeah, it was, it will, my brother and his friend have all these very obscure comedians that they like. So he had bought a few of those and edited them together. And then, then there was Elijah Wood. I was like, I know who that is. That's a big get. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I think you had mentioned that he was very sweet and said very nice things.
2: Oh yes. Yeah, so lovely. And I mean you're paying him to say nice things. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, he yeah, he seemed very sweet and then just sort of I'm so sad that you guys had to cancel your wedding and <laughs> change your wedding because of COVID and all this kind of stuff, but <laughs> yeah, no, it was, a, it was a good, I mean, it's a good gift for the modern age, but like, what are you going to buy people who already own a house together, you know, like they have <laughs> pots and pans and they have towels and, you know, you're not buying people China like you did <laughs> in the 1940s right. or whatever.
1: Stainless yeah. steel gravy boat.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I'm. I'm assuming that some of the comedians were uh, a little more cutting edge. Oh
2: yeah, like
1: <laughs> was um, was anybody in the family offended by what? No, ev- not my
2: family. Oh, no. okay, okay.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe maybe grandma, maybe grandma on <laughs> on uh, my sister-in-law's side, maybe a little bit, but no, otherwise no. <laughs> Cause yeah, I don't know who the guys were. One they're in the sort of comedy family of of Artie Lang. You know, oh, Jesus, Lang? yes. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, like one guy was just like sitting like smoking a cigarette. Like he couldn't be he couldn't be arsed. <laughs>
1: Well, in the tradition of keeping sodes a bit on the shorter side, why don't we just uh, shut up and uh, move along to watching the episodes?
2: Sounds good.
1: Okay, then. See you all in a few. All
2: right, let's roll it.
1: Yes. Yes. And we're back from watching the last two episodes, episodes five and six, because it's a British series, so can't go on forever. Jessica, how did you feel about the last two episodes?
2: So we finally got to the episodes that we kept thinking we were getting to throughout. So we finally got to the the restaurant at the end of the universe, or rather the restaurant at the end of the universe. Yes, yeah. As they continued to pronounce it.
1: Yes, they and were being very the... posh and and dropping that final T. I don't know if, if that was to try and sound smugly French or I don't know. Or just upper crust. It was it was a little odd.
2: Well it was supposed to be super fancy, right? Because when they get their trillions like it's a five star restaurant. Yes. <laughs>
1: so...
2: <laughs> <laughs> but even though on their super low low, low budget and then episode six was the Golga Frinchums that we mentioned before. So two of the most memorable bits I think we got in these last two episodes.
1: Exactly. Yes. They have managed to, in only six episodes, they did kind of cover the vast majority of the the Hitchhiker's book and wrap it up in kind of a bow uh that we'll get to at the end there.
2: Yeah, cuz I because I think when I read the books, I read the the trilogy in five parts. I read it all at once, so I can't remember where the first book, which probably was supposed to be the series actually ended and then the next one began. So, oh, interesting. I, but I think I think it was an okay-ish wrap-up point like for somebody who hasn't read the books and wasn't familiar. I think if you were just a casual-ish viewer of the series, I think you could live with the ending a little bit. Yes. Because it, it, did, it did come kind of full circle, so.
1: See, even when I was introduced to the series, I'm pretty sure all three books were already available. Not the fourth and the fifth books of the trilogy, and yes, that's how they were billed as well. And. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but definitely the first and second, probably the third books were available. They were individual books. They weren't bound together. They And uh, mm-hmm. I do remember devouring them. Yeah, so uh, Millaways. So they end up at Millaways. They're very confused as to how they got to Millaways because they thought that they, you know, the, those computers that they were uh, hiding behind and getting shot at exploded. They all thought they were dead. So turns out that they traveled in time, but not in place because Millaway's is built on Magrathea.
2: See, a, little, I, a lot of the things in the series slash books that when you read it, when you're like 12 years old, you're like, wow, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> and then as an adult, you're like, it's a little too convenient, all of these things. <laughs> for It's like, what, like MacGuffin or whatever?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: Where it says everything, everything is built on coincidence, but <laughs> they kind of address that, right? Because the Heart of Gold had like the coincidence drive or whatever, or probability the drive. drive. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that's a clever out. <laughs>
1: but even if you think about Millaway as being built on Magrathea, and traveling in time and not space, but it's space-time, so Magrathea would not be in the same space-time location, so they would travel in time and be in empty space, would they not?
2: Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, you're really interesting me right now, Andrew.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was actually the perfect response. Yeah. (laughs) To my ultra nerdy question, Uh, (laughs) so that it's that's all staying in. That's not a no take. That is actually the best response that you probably could have made. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Fair. I stand by
0: it.
1: (laughs) Uh, There were certainly a lot of references to 42. They kept showing us 42 and 42 written in Roman numerals and in dots and all sorts of things. And then something was going to explode in 4.2 seconds, of course. And so the 42 is kind of everywhere throughout the series.
2: Because, yeah, the beginning of each episode starts with a a recap of the previous episode, which is very helpful (laughs) when we have these long gaps. And they were doing it this time. They were explaining like the primitive civilization or something. But from a production perspective, it made sense because all of these, it was just all these charcoal sketches, like hand drawn <laughs> sketches as graphics. So you could really tell that the budget was stretching thin in these couple of episodes <laughs> with, yeah, a lot of the shots, those graphics, the, the model shots. <laughs> um, yeah, just very shoestring budget. <laughs> it it kind of makes me yeah I think we briefly discussed that I think Amazon is remaking the series, which, like, cause the movie that they did what was it like ten years ago or so was not great. Well, it it deviated from the book so much, even right. though like it had a solid cast. But so now I'm I'm hopeful that with some modern technology and they can honor the story and kind of do a funny sci-fi take, but like honor. The more grand concepts that would benefit from from good effects, whereas some of the effects definitely like it has the camp feature, like the cult classic feature. But I think it could be better.
1: Oh, let's hope. Let's hope they don't yeah. screw it up. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. I think I
2: think the the new series like it's going to be a British series and it's not American, so that's oh, already okay. a yeah. win. They're not going to put Zoe Deschanel in it again. <laughs> But yeah but they've already wasted Martin Freeman as Arthur Dent, which is perfect casting. so that's too bad and obviously we've lost Alan Rickman as Marvin but
1: yeah. <laughs> oh that would be amazing. It, yes <laughs>
2: yeah well no he was in the in the American movie he was Marvin.
1: Oh okay.
2: So yeah. The effects were really being felt in this episode, I think, and it it detracted from it because it was sort of this grand finale.
1: Right, yeah. The the budget was pretty low. Let's talk about uh, the first person we meet at Millaway's is the maitre d'.
2: Yeah, and his voice. I kept trying to place his voice. I think he's just a classically trained you know, British actor, so that's where it was. But he had this sort of deep, drawly kind of voice, even kind of Alan Rickman-esque, actually. And just every time he spoke, I was like, oh, what is this reminding me of? And it, it couldn't even hit me by the end of it, but he was definitely the highlight, I think, of the, the Millie Ways scenes.
1: Well, I think what it is, is that kind of person who has a job where they, they talk to and deal with the super rich and powerful and so they aren't super rich and powerful, of course, because they just are serving the super rich and powerful. But then they turn around and speak down to people who are basically the same level as them.
2: <laughs> it was very yeah, like, like Tim Curry as the, the butler in the Clue movie. <laughs> like the, just the, yes, yeah, so, very, like, so good. <laughs>
1: And as as they're walking through Milloway's to their table, and Arthur says things that are very uh, speciest, uh, He says it's like, "Wow, the people, the things," and then he gets corrected and says, "The things are people too."
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At one point, yeah, during the presenta- the end of the universe presentation, they're doing like the birthday shout-outs, you know, <laughs> like, oh, we have some special guests with us here tonight, you know, <laughs> and they're, like, panning to the different tables, and one yeah. of them was the Asgardians, and I was like, oh, man, Marvel crossover. <laughs> I was like, is that <laughs> supposed to be Thor? Because no. <laughs> we have higher expectations of Asgardians now thanks to the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: Yes, the, the smarmy MC... Well, obviously, that's a major feature of the book as well, is yes. that smarmy MC and how he he kind of introduces a lot of things by being yes. an MC character. So, and MC, not MCU character. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear.
2: The exposition, he allows for the exposition.
1: Exactly, yes. So, of course... Uh, Ford happens to see one of his old buddies who's become this international rock star and uh, Hot Black Desiato and his his band Disaster Area. Yeah, I remembered right. that because, Which I
2: totally forgotten from the books. Yeah, which was a key feature,
1: yeah. Yeah, that was a big deal to me in the books. So It was this, you know, famous band, uh, Disaster Area the fact that he has a bodyguard even though he's spending a year dead for tax reasons. <laughs> right. Like
2: when Ford's talking to me he's like, you look great, you look very fat and unwell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I thought it was good, like you don't get it so much in the book but on the TV series here they're obviously kind of, it's a parody of large 70s Uh, rock shows where like the 70s was the first time where you had uh, outdoor concerts with tens of thousands of people pyro yeah and and where the band was so far away that you could barely see the band but you had these ginormous sound systems which really didn't exist before the 70s that you could play to you know a hundred thousand people in Brazil and all of these giant, you know, Rio, giant concerts in Rio. I remember that as a kid. Queen did a concert in Rio and it was like 150,000 people. And it was like, just blow my mind as a 12-year-old, 13-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah. And and but, it was certainly making fun of it. Yeah.
2: Right. But wasn't like, I guess on that scale, because like, <clears throat> excuse me, wasn't Woodstock, Woodstock was the 60s, right?
1: It was. Uh, yes, it would have been 67 or 8, something like that, yeah.
2: Right, but that, that, I guess that was like a festival and not so much like one giant show with right. like everybody watching the same show <laughs> at the same time.
1: Exactly, like The the Who or Queen or yeah. you know, Queen, band, yeah. bands of that era. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, like that, that video, have you seen that video of, it's the Queen concert where you actually, you can actually see the speed of sound. Have you seen that video clip?
1: Where? Oh, maybe, maybe I, I think I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So as like the, the the note like ripples, you and as people hear it from, it was probably Wembley Stadium or something, some huge stadium, you can see like people kind of throw their hands up but like and it wasn't like the wave you know like the, at a sporting event like you could actually see when the music hit them the reaction and just sort of it like rippling over this like sea of people <laughs> so yeah but yeah so the the way it's parodied here is so disaster radio is not only the loudest band ever it's the loudest sound ever right. <laughs> so their concerts you have to be 37 miles away in from the In a
1: concrete bunker.
2: In a concrete bunker while the band broadcasts from space. <laughs>
1: yes, and, and even their spaceship is heavily padded.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And then there were people, environmentalists, who were uh, complaining and saying that this is terrible for the planet and everything. So the band's uh, management had all of the environmentalists round up and shot.
2: <laughs> well, no, what they were complaining about is that the finale of the show is they crash the spaceship into the sun. <laughs> which was which was the part of the, the this episode where, because when they're escaping from Ways the ship that they steal is the stunt ship.
0: <laughs> the right. disaster
2: area sunship and it's autopilot and heading towards the sun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's only one thing that kind of, it was in the book, but it what I, I don't think it was really, I don't think the, the bodyguard said it. The bodyguard says to uh, Ford, kid, beat it before you get it beaten for you.
2: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> and of course the, Uh, Certainly the image of the bodyguard was not what I was expecting. He looked like a 70s mafia guy, like this crazy 70s suit. Yeah, 70s suit,
2: but he was supposed to be kind of like a 1920s gangster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Dick Dick Tracy, because it was very cartoony.
1: Exactly. Which that that was a little, oh, that, that was weird.
2: Yeah, it reminded me of, have we talked about Spaceballs in all of our, our comedy sci-fi chat?
1: Uh, in I think we've mentioned it, yeah.
2: Yeah, because in Spaceballs, Pizza the Hut, his bodyguard, <laughs> was basically this guy only with like a robot face, like a metal face, but he had like the 1920s gangster, like, you know, huge shoulder pad, double-breasted pinstripe suit. <laughs> nice.
1: So then, then we get to the part where they're ordering food and this is a very, uh, I don't know, cringeworthy moment, uh, not, (laughs) not because it's cringe to watch, but just the concept it brings up is, is very cringeworthy and seems very 2021, not 1981.
2: So, so yeah, the concept being that Actually, it's, <laughs> I, I now I have to detour. It just reminded me of another anecdote. But so what happens is, in the restaurant, they bring to them the dish of the day, which is this weird alien cow thing on a platter. But it's still alive and consenting to be eaten. Right? So. Right and he's like can I interest you in my liver or like you know things like this and obviously Arthur is completely grossed out by this completely he's like I'll just have a a green salad what is this like an animal begging to be eaten this is so you know crazy and inhumane he's like is it is it less humane than eating an animal that doesn't want to be eaten and that's where you're like oh yes this is this is very modern discourse,
1: <laughs> and even even the cow that's talking to them and consenting to be eaten was saying that, "Oh, you're going to go for a green salad." Well, I happen to know some green vegetables, and you know, basically the implication was that they're not necessarily consenting to be eaten. Exactly. <laughs> so it isn't exactly a veganism angle, a and not not in 1981. But this idea that, you know, by not eating animals, you're still not offending nature. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It was a very bizarre scene.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so the anecdote that just came to my mind was, do you remember, Andrew, years and years and years ago, we went out for dinner at, or dinner, lunch, brunch, dim sum (laughs) at a Chinese restaurant, and it was king crab season. Oh. So, at the, when you have this large group during king crab season, they bring the live king crab to your table for you to <laughs> sort of say, "Yes, I want to eat that." And I didn't know this. I do
1: remember this. This was
2: like 15 years ago now, <laughs> and me as this new to Vancouver white person who's never been to one of these, you know, Chinese feasts. Did not know this happened. (laughs) I was sitting, and the waiter came up, like right over my left shoulder, with this king crab on a tray, which is, you know, about three feet across, like space alien. looking monster of an animal. (laughs) And I just remember, like, I almost hit the ceiling. A friend of ours, her husband was sitting next to me. Like, I was on his lap, basically. I was (laughs) like, what is that? Like, (laughs) oh my God, it was the scariest thing ever.
1: I do remember this because I was sitting across the table from you. So I saw it coming and you know, for me, this was kind of normal, but like I saw it coming, so I knew it was coming. You did not know because you had your back to where the waiter was coming from, uh, yeah. the kitchen, and and yes, he he brought it right beside you. <laughs>
2: yes. Did I scream? I might have screamed. I, I think remember. you were
1: too horrified. I think you were in in such fear that you you yeah. you just were like petrified. <laughs> yeah,
2: it was terrible. Like if you've not seen a king crab like their body they
1: are giant it's yeah. about
2: three feet across and then their legs which were like kind of folded under but if you hold it it's wingspan is probably about nine feet with <laughs> pinchers and pointy things all over it it's just oh my god it was terrifying but then i ate it Yeah, because <laughs> <I, laughs> seafood is delicious
1: <laughs> exactly so yes it was here, have a look at your food. Everyone goes, ooh, ah, that's uh, that looks great. Yeah. And then take it back and 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 kill it.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go c- put it into a bunch of different dishes. Yeah, because like I've seen like obviously like live lobsters and stuff, but those you pick up with one hand, like they're still pinchy and whatever. But yeah, this alien monster, which <laughs> like is basically what happened in this episode, and this is where I did a bit of accidental research this morning. So. Yeah. Let me tie this all the all these pieces together. So oh, okay. the actor within the dish of the day suit, this weird alien cow. Actually, that was pretty good prosthetics. That that costume. It
1: wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. This grotesque like blob monster is actually what's the actor's name? Peter Davidson, who was the fifth Doctor Who, and who is in fact. Married to Trillian.
1: Oh right. Okay. <laughs> the right. actress
2: who plays Trillian, and they together are the parents of an actress named Georgia, who is Georgia Tennant, who is married to David Tennant, who was the first ah. Doctor Who of the modern remake.
1: Second, second Doctor Who of the modern remake. <laughs>
2: oh, second, yes. Peter Capaldi was the first one, no,
1: right? No. Keep... <laughs> Peter Capaldi was much like the second last one. Uh, the first No,
2: Christopher c- Eccleston.
1: Yes, who I did not enjoy and I was super right. happy when David Tennant became the doctor.
2: Right. He was perfect for it. Like that's how you know David Tennant. You yes. associate him with Doctor Who and then I yeah, I associate him first with Doctor Who and then he was a bad guy in one of the Harry Potter movies. And then now he's on um, Good Omens with Michael Sheen, which right. is great. And they're making, an, they're making a second season. So I don't know, because the book, they covered the first book, the Terry Pratchett book, of which there's only one in the first season. Oh, not Terry Pratchett, Neil Gaiman. Or was that the one they wrote together? Either or. Five British actors that all occupy this space. But yeah, I, I was like, that's, that's just British entertainment industry for you.
1: Right, everyone's interrelated.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> a microcosm of the royal family.
2: Uh, yeah, like a blue collar
1: version. Blue collar version, yeah, of <laughs> inbreeding.
2: Yeah, like a a Scottish meets uh, southwest <laughs> version.
1: <laughs> okay, well, the last thing I want to mention about Milue is because it's one of the lines that I thought was cool when I was a teenager reading the books is when Zaphod gets a phone call and he says, hand me the wrap rod, plate captain, (laughs) because that's just such a Zaphod thing to say. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So let's, that's Millaway. Millaways is pretty much the entire episode of episode five. with, with
2: very few cutaways.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which is
2: like the opposite of the last episode, which like existed almost entirely in flashback.
1: <laughs> so then we move on to episode six. The Is it the penultimate? No, penultimate is second to last, right?
2: Yeah, so Millie okay. was penultimate. So penultimate. Ultimate episode. The
1: ultimate episode. Wrapping it up. Well, it starts with the disaster area concert in which they're stuck in the ship. And so, of course, everyone's ignoring Marvin. And even though, because Marvin always says things that makes you want to h- ignore him because he's always whining on about how depressed exactly. he is. Yeah. Even when he knows- Nobody that, listens to a yeah. brain the size of a planet. planet. And even though he can read Arthur's mind and then he turns around and immediately insults Arthur saying like, I don't know how you can live in such a small brain. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, you know, Marvin says, you know, I can read what the question is in Arthur's brain. Everyone still just kind of ignores him because bigger things are happening. So they realize that they're stuck on the ship that is on autopilot. They can't control in any way for the, the, this is the disaster area ship that's going to crash into the sun for a giant solar flare burst. cuz that's the level of pyrotechnics that disaster area uses crashing things into the sun.
2: I mean, if the world's going to end, it would be pretty cool if it ended with like a massive rock concert. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I would yeah, if all these all these concurrent apocalypses that are happening, I'm like, could we at least have a, like a bitchin' soundtrack?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it it kind of wraps up and and marvin's story on the tv series wraps up with everyone's realizing oh there is a working teleport except that somebody has to stay behind to activate it they can't just uh auto set it and jump in so all of the heads slowly turn and look to Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, uh, hey, Marvin, buddy, we got a great thing for you to do. <laughs> oh, selflessly lay down my life so you can all escape. Uh, yeah. So they use the teleport. The teleport, of course, acts bizarrely and kind of separates them. So it's Arthur and Ford uh, are reunited after being teleported. But Zaphod Trillian, is there anyone else? No, just the two, right? Because we have, don't have yeah. Marvin. Yeah. Zafod and Trillian, they ended up somewhere else. So yeah,
2: and we never find out in this episode.
1: That's right. They're they're or just in
2: the, the <coughs> book one.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. So like Marvin gives up his life, and Zaphod and Trillian end up somewhere else. We don't see them again. So we're left with Arthur and Ford where now, as they discover, on the Golga Frensham ship.
2: Another ship programmed to crash.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, the irony, I didn't even consider that. <laughs> and Arthur has this great line, and it's it's kind of funny because they get captured by the second in command and, you know, at laser rifle point. And Arthur says, "Why isn't anyone pleased to see us?" And... <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, I felt that. I felt that in my core. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it—that is kind of a, a recurring thing—is like whenever there's something, you know, you're you're introduced as the new person, it's the ultimate stranger danger, and everyone. <laughs> Everyone's pointing weapons at you and yep. wanting to round you up and throw you out an airlock. So, yeah,
2: to interrogate them,
1: yeah. Yeah, and interrogate them, yeah. <laughs> so the second that command... In, in this command, case, the... Yeah,
2: yeah I was going to say, in which case, this interrogation leads to what kind of drink do you want (laughs) that's right because
1: (laughs) number two brings them to the captain the golga frenchman captain and this guy is so relaxed uh, really doesn't care about his job he just cares about this bath that he's been in for the last three years and so you know number two demands that he
2: goals yeah
1: Number two demands that he gets to interrogate his prisoners. And so the captain says, well, interrogate what kind of drinks they want.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Gin and tonics, of course, because yeah. that's that's a constant theme through the entire Hitchhikers series. So, yeah. so of course, the Golga Frenshims are this planet that found a clever way to get rid of the useless third of their planet, of all of the middle managers and people who were a waste of space. Yes.
2: Telephone sanitizers (laughs) and
1: hairdressers, which I actually made a note. I
2: was like, that's kind of ironic because like, Sanitizing things and getting a haircut is all people have wanted for the last year and a
1: half. <laughs> We've certainly had a re-evaluation.
2: Yeah, exactly. And uh, actually, in one of the cutaways, they explained the remaining two-thirds of the planet were wiped out by a virus because they got rid of all the telephone sanitizers. <laughs> I was like, oh my God.
1: Wow. that's real. <laughs> That hits different in 2021, doesn't it, Jessica? <laughs> yeah, I
2: will allow you to say it's different, because it absolutely does.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah but, yeah, but
2: the management consultants can still be fired directly into the sun. <laughs> like that was just as cringe 30, 40 years ago as it is now. Because they're like, when they crash land on the planet, Arthur and Ford go off to explore their new world and they come back like a year and a half later and they haven't done anything. The Golga friendships haven't done anything. And because they keep having meetings with agendas and nothing gets done, and I was I was obviously triggered. <laughs>
1: Yes, and instead of worrying about actually inventing important things like the wheel and fire, yeah. they're more concerned about whether fire can be inserted nasally and what color yeah, should what the wheel co- be.
2: Yeah. Oh my God. It's just like, this was 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've learned nothing as yes, a species.
1: exactly. It kind of ends with, Arthur, you know, frustrated with the Golgafirnshams, he's he's trying to teach the cavemen how to play Scrabble in an order yeah. to try and get them to evolve faster. Right. So, you know, Ford says, why bother? We know what the history of the planet is. And it's the Golgafirnshams who are your ancestors, Arthur, he, you know, implied, and then it's going to be blown up anyway, so.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, and saying that, you you glossed over the fact that the planet they crash-landed on is Earth, because they did time travel, right? Oh,
1: yes, (laughs) minor detail.
2: (laughs) Yeah, minor detail, because they saw, in in their travels, they saw Slardy Bart first. Signature, signature of on the, the glaciers in Norway. Here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're like, oh, damn, this is Earth. So, yeah, so it wasn't inhabited when the Gold Fringians crash landed. The cave, the cave people were there.
1: Right. But they already declared
2: is... war on
1: them. <laughs> no, it, they declared uh, a war on the next continent. Oh, that, yes. That didn't have anybody on it. But it was kind of an open yeah. ended ultimatum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For the future. And uh, yeah, they, they decided to use leaves as currency, so therefore everyone oh. was stunningly rich, so they decided to burn down forests. Yeah, so defoliation
2: to, to... by yeah. <laughs> But they could think they, they couldn't figure out fire, so
1: <laughs>
2: Oh I know. That would just like I was like, Oh, that killed me. It's like, oh. hey, leave the telephone sanitizers and the hairdressers alone. Like, I think they telephone sanitizers and hairdressers easily could have been in the sea arc that they described <laughs> as existing, <laughs> which is all the doers. Right. Because it was supposed to be like the how they tricked them is that the whole planet was going to be devoured by a space goat, right? Yes. <laughs> so they divided the whole planet into thirds. A being like the great scientists and thinkers and artists and. Yada, yada. And then C was going to be all the doers. And then B was, yeah, like all these middle middle management people. <laughs> so I think telephone sanitizers and hairdressers are very much doers. They're very necessary. But,
1: but they were telephone sanitizer third class.
2: <laughs> oh, the first. Uh.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. So they got rid of the really low rung people. So obviously they didn't keep enough sanitizers around that you know (laughs) so there was even (laughs) even though there were second and third class sanitizers they were still doing enough to keep people safe from the viruses but when you when you eliminated all of those people even if they're doing a half-assed job and only leave it to the first class sanitizers everyone died (laughs) yeah
2: oh man it's so real i also want to talk about it
1: So, like the last thing that kind of comes up is that the caveman is is still playing with the uh, the Scrabble board as as Arthur and Ford talk, and the the caveman is kind of trying to go, you know, trying to get their attention, and so they go over and they see that the caveman. Oh, Arthur says, oh, he's probably spelt library with only one r again or something (laughs) yeah it's like
2: the only word they know is uh and they don't know how to spell
1: it (laughs) it. yeah and then so they go over and they see that the caveman has print or printed has has put the scrabble letters out to spell 42. so they're like oh wow so that means that the cavemen are part of the computer system to figure out the answer to, uh, what, 42 Life, the universe, and everything. So <laughs> they figure
2: out the question to the answer. <laughs> that's
1: right. And so then Arthur comes up with this great idea. Well, we need to devise a way that I can randomly generate what the question is and get it out of my head. And so they decide, oh, well, I'll randomly pick Scrabble tiles and we'll spell it out. And so... <laughs> He's pulling out the scrabble tiles, putting them down, and what does it say? It says,
2: what do you get? What
1: do you get? You you do it.
2: Oh yeah. What do you get if you multiply 6 by 9? Which doesn't equal 42. (laughs) (laughs) Because they made that joke earlier, he's like, and everyone's like, oh, that's it. He's like, no, that doesn't mean anything, 6 by (laughs) 7.
1: But that is a deep joke. There's a mathematical joke to that, that Douglas Adams built into the book. Six by nine does equal 42, but not in a base 10 system. Uh, In a base 13 system, six by nine does equal 42. And that was a joke put into the book by Douglas Adams. (laughs)
2: And was understood by no one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had to hear about it on the internet myself.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you were Googling? Yes, 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 yes. Okay.
1: (laughs) Because I I knew the story and I I just had to confirm that it was base 13. And yes, it is.
2: Well, (laughs) la-di-da. But it didn't, it didn't, it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But it didn't answer anything.
1: (laughs) No, it doesn't answer anything. But it's just a little Easter egg that uh, the internet (laughs) figured out. And I guess we'll just kind of wrap it up by a bit of a shock. So that's kind of the end that is like, oh, even what's in Arthur's brain doesn't really matter. They just kind of walk into the, the background. And the music that plays the very last song is Louis Armstrong, What a Wonderful World, which does not fit the series. And I think this obviously was chosen by a Golgafrindra middle manager at the BBC.
2: (laughs) One hundred percent. The end.
1: (laughs) So that's it. That's the entire series. Yeah. I would still recommend it if you can track it down. It's on BritBox. If you want to pay the money yeah. on top of your already paying money, yeah. you, you can watch it on BritBox. You could track down the DVD like we did. I give it a thumbs up. I would recommend it, if you, especially if yeah. you're a hitchhiker's nerd. <laughs> it's worth yeah. it. Yeah, I,
2: I recommend I recommend the BritBox like maybe get the free trial I think it's 30 days and just like it's only the whole thing is three hours
1: yeah, <laughs> long. at most and yes. then you
2: can watch Red Dwarf at the same time <laughs> <laughs> which I watched 13 seasons of in about two weeks
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay well that wraps up uh this series of SODs. uh we haven't really decided what our next series is we haven't come to any conclusion on that. I but, still
2: think we need to do Dune and the Flaming Sword of Fire, <laughs> but I have no idea where we're gonna find it.
1: <laughs> or if we can find some um, Highlander series. Oh,
2: absolutely. <laughs> no, all of Highlander's on YouTube.
1: Oh, that's true, <laughs> that's true.
2: <laughs> Weren't you in another one? We gotta, no, we gotta find something else that you were an extra in. We gotta find you.
1: Okay. Well, so I can, can make search. another
2: amazing reel on Instagram. <laughs> that,
1: oh, the, cr- the cringe was real.
2: <laughs> I was so proud. It's my best I, work.
1: It really was. It was good. I I, I forgive you using my, my image <laughs> in a reel.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I just got TikTok. I can make TikToks now.
1: What? You're on TikTok?
2: Yeah, I downloaded a couple of weeks ago when I was drunk.
1: TikTok and Snapchat. Oh <laughs> which my makes God. my phone
2: overheat.
1: <laughs> oh, even Instagram does that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, did you get TikTok because you figured it's easier than trying to work with reels?
2: Maybe. Oh, I just—I was like, I, I might as well download it because uh, my friends will always send me links to TikToks, and then they open in the browser on my phone. Oh, okay. Um, so I figured I'm just like, well, I'll get it, so it opens in the app instead, which is actually much—it's <laughs> a pain in the ass because it never goes to the right link. It automatically oh. suggests content to me, and I'm like, no, no, no! I just want to see what my friend sent to me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it does have more functionality than Reels. Ah. In its editing functions. I am not an expert <laughs> at all. Yeah.
1: Okay, so Jessica, where can we find us on the internet?
2: The internet. We are, as mentioned, on Instagram at Swimcast, S W Y M Cast, on Twitter at Swimcast, or email swimcast at gmail.com. And also, <laughs> what, what's our website? <laughs> www. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> dot swimcast dot co dot uk dot de dot website dot yeah
2: dot de
1: <laughs> no dot ca and dot, dot com
2: dot edu <laughs> yeah <laughs> which which uh, redirects you to our SoundCloud that's correct right.
1: yes yeah yeah so <laughs> yes you get the same content whether you go to Apple Podcasts or a Spotify, or SoundCloud, yeah.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, we have to figure out Google Podcasts because my ancient iPod finally gave up the ghost and now I have no way to listen to our own podcast because <laughs> I <laughs> refuse to get Spotify. And, oh, okay. And I don't have Apple Podcasts anymore, so.
1: And you said coming Google? Soon. We'll
2: say coming soon, Google,
1: Google Podcasts. is yeah. that's different than Amazon Podcasts. Correct. Oh, I oh didn't even know there was Amazon
2: Podcasts.
1: Yes, there are. Okay. Eventually we'll get these things all linked up. So, but at the moment, uh, Apple podcasts and Spotify and SoundCloud. So stick around. There'll be some outtakes and, uh, a feature song. We'll see you in the future with a new Sode and maybe a new Sode series. Who knows? Who
2: knows? And maybe a movie of it again, once
1: in a while. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We, we got some movies to, <laughs> pepper in there. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Okay. Bye.
2: Bye. Hey, Andrew.
1: Yes, Jessica.
2: We completely just stopped recording and forgot the best segment.
1: (laughs) Yes, we we realized once we... (laughs) we hit stop that we blew past most of our uh, segments that we usually do because we spent the entire episode just quoting Douglas Adams' lines from (laughs) the show and the book because we're just nerdy fan people. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So... And
2: as nerdy fan people do, (laughs) we sexualize characters in our sci-fi. So. So we, of course, forgot Cute Boys and (laughs) my (laughs) riddles.
1: Okay, so I'll ask you, Jessica, did you have any Cute Boys? Because we have two episodes here. Were there any new people like the the executives, the middle management executives?
2: (laughs) Oh, God, no. They need to be fired into the sun. (laughs) I, I I find like even though most of the people on the series have been incredibly incredibly unappealing there's literally only been three women like appear on screen so (laughs) there is more choice i use air quotes for me (laughs) but there's still the the pickings are slim
1: right however
2: however i did note note in this episode so yeah i'm still into arthur because i'm like pale stuttery Britishman. That's my thing. Okay. The disaster area MC, who is kind of this gender non-conforming, like little sprightly guy who was very sparkly. He
1: was the one who was actually on stage or at least a a holographic projection. A hologram of him, (laughs) yeah.
2: Saying about how the environmentalists had been shot. Uh, And then... Uh Golga Frinchum number three that actually that captured Arthur and Ford when they appeared on the ship. Cause he was dressed like a navy officer and he had a beard. So I was like, hey! That's that's a bit of all right right there. <laughs> but so so ends my list.
1: I, I'm surprised. I'm I'm surprised you go for a guy who would be like all shouty and yelling at you all the time.
2: <laughs> no, it wasn't that. That the the shouty yelly guy was number two.
1: The mustache oh, guy. Oh, okay. Number three was the guy who prepared the drinks. Yes. He he seemed more pleasant.
2: <laughs> yeah, he kind of looked like the prince of Sweden. Okay. Especially because of the the well, it's like the military uniform and the beard. So he, <laughs> he looked like they call him CPCP, Crown Prince Carl Philippe of Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but there was a lot of background characters, extras in these two episodes to choose from. But so I fi- finding two <laughs> is, is quite the achievement.
1: It is, it is. Uh, That is actually surprising. There were far more characters in the last two episodes than
2: But uh, Yeah, a lot of of them had just like Halloween store, (laughs) like bug heads and stuff.
1: Oh, there was something uh, when we were talking about the alien cow that uh, consented to be eaten and was saying, Oh, you should eat this part. You should try my shoulder. You, You pointed out, I almost missed it, the fact that after he was taken back and he was gonna humanely euthanize himself. Oh yeah. His head had been cut off and put on a platter on their table.
2: Yes, (laughs) excellent attention to detail.
1: That, That was pretty brilliant. I'm glad you pointed it out. I almost missed that.
2: We have to edit that little bit back into the episode.
1: No, it's staying here. <laughs> it's staying here in this uh,
2: <laughs> in this weird this post uh, what's it? Postscript. <laughs> I was gonna say interlude, postlude, something that's from like a nineties CD.
1: <laughs> Go really back and just quaaludes. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. So uh so Andrew yes. were there any well there were no my uh because there was no young Women in this, but were there Correct. any Maya yeah. Rudolphs?
1: Uh, yes, there was, Jessica. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know why I'm asking because I called you on it immediately. <laughs> I'm so good at this. I well. surprise you all the time. <laughs> you surprise me never. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, even Trillion called the guys on it too. When they were being taken to their table at Millaway's, there is another person uh, from a different party who just happens to cross paths. And she's a very attractive woman in what is essentially a bikini and the wildest hairstyle that you've ever seen. It was like-
2: Yeah, like Princess Leia.
1: It was, it was uh, yeah, this weird half Mohawk-y thing and uh, silver hair and the fact that she was in a bikini too. Oh.
2: Yeah, well yeah, Princess Leia, gold bikini, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with
2: like awesome hair and not the cinnamon
1: buns. Right, right, right. So uh, quite definitely I was like uh, Ford, Arthur and Zapod, <laughs> eyes on the bikini and yeah, Tril- Trillion. Trillion was like calling them out for staring at the bikini and not the hair.
2: Yeah, or the clothes. Yeah, because they were looking at everything. They're like, the people. And then she's like, the clothes? And I was like, yeah, the clothes. I actually wrote down that as a note. The clothes were awesome.
1: And she was not a size zero either because this is 1981. And she was...
2: She was still pretty
1: slim. She was nice. Very nice.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Andrew likes butts.
1: I think we've established this, but for anyone new to the podcast, uh, I have my obsessions, yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) I'm glad we... You have your pasty white guys, and I have... That's uh...
2: less problematic. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) No,
1: I don't know. (laughs) Okay.
2: Okay. Okay, okay, post-lude over.
1: (laughs) Okay, so... Yeah, this is going to be in lieu of outtakes, because I don't think we had any outtakes this episode. So uh, you're getting this postlude instead, that should have been part of the main episode, but we we screwed up, and then we realized it before we'd gotten too far from the microphones. Oh, yeah,
2: we're yeah. out of practice. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. So goodbye, everybody.
2: Bye again. Bye.
0: Monix here. Thanks for sticking around. So that's it. All six episodes of the 1981 BBC series, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So now you can binge the six episodes because we stretched them out over so long. The feature song, backed by popular demand, is They Build Planets. Because, hey, when am I going to use this song again? After that, There are actually a couple of outtakes, who knew? And just a note, we actually do have a TikTok account at Swimcast. So go check it out, there's some cool videos there and clips from the show. Seeing as how we release these episodes out of order at times, obviously this episode was before we signed up for TikTok. And now, to the music. They build planets
1: Magathia. They build planets Luxury planets Magrithea. The Missiles of Mid-Need of Courtesy. Magrithea. I'm a oh. back from watching the last two episodes, episodes five and six, because it's a British series, so can't go on forever. And um, Jessica, how did you feel about the... Okay, let me start that sentence. Okay, sure. Jessica, how did you feel about the last two episodes? So, uh, stick around. There'll be some outtakes and uh, a feature song. And we'll see you next time, uh, next Sode, where we. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you in the future with a new Sode and maybe a new Sode series. Who knows? Who knows?
2: And maybe a movie of it again once in a while. <laughs>
0: Swimcast is brought to you by ABC, the Anunnaki Broadcast Corporation, and heard on Nibiru Networks across the Tri-Galaxy region. Nibiru Networks, holograms so real you can touch them.
2: Like, oh my god!